0: Are listening to a sermon from Mission Point St. John. We hope this message encourages a deeper connection between you and Jesus, our Savior. We're going to turn, if you have your Bibles with you here tonight, to Mark chapter 7. Mark chapter 7, verse 24. And you don't have your Bibles, it'll be up on the screen as well. Mark chapter 7, verse 24, it says, Jesus left that place and went to the vicinity of Tyre. He entered a house and did not want anyone to know it. Yet he could not keep his presence secret. In fact, as soon as she heard about him, a woman whose little daughter was possessed by an evil spirit came and fell at his feet. We don't even know. We don't even know her name. The woman was a Greek, born in Syrian Phoenicia. She begged Jesus to drive the demon out of her daughter. First, let the children eat all they want, he told her, for it is not right to take the children's bread and toss it to the dogs. Yes, Lord, she replied, but even the dogs under the table eat the children's crumbs. Then he told her, for such a reply, you may go, the demon's has left your daughter, she went home and found her child lying on the bed and the demon gone. Amen. Amen. We come to a passage today that reveals a mother with a desperate need. As much as she would have liked to handle the situation, if at all she could herself, she was unable to bring about a resolution while little information is given regarding the identity of this woman, we don't know any context behind her. We do find that she was a woman of great faith. She faced a tremendous need and was determined to get to Jesus to receive the help that she desperately needed. She was content to receive the crumbs that fell from the Lord's table. While all our circumstances may be much different today as we sit here, no doubt we have all faced a great need at some point in our lives we have been confronted by a situation that was beyond our ability to resolve and so for just a few moments tonight i'm going to be speaking on this topic portions and partakers amen and if you'll just uh, set your bibles down right now lift up your hands begin to praise god for a moment just before we go into the rest of the service god we are so thankful once again to be in your presence God, and here we are, Lord, and God, we've worshiped you, we praised you, we've had a time, God, a celebration through song. And here we are right now, Jesus, at your word, and we ask, God, that it would fill us, God, that you would feed us. Hallelujah, Lord. God, I pray here today, Jesus, let your will be done in this service. Speak in Jesus' name, amen. Jesus begins our text by withdrawing and going into the Gentile territory of Tyre and Sidon. And uh, he had offended and upset the Pharisees and scribes with his words, of course, and found it best to leave and lay low for a little bit. And also, he was enthroned by crowds everywhere he went at this time in his ministry. And so he had gone to seek a bit of refuge. And as Jesus is in this Gentile land, word goes out that Jesus is there. And the Bible says that there is a woman that is in need of a miracle for her daughter. I'm not seeking you for myself. I'm seeking you for my daughter. All she knew is that she needed to get to Jesus. I've heard about him. I've heard that he can do things like no other. There's never been a, an individual that's come like him before. I just know I've got to get to Jesus. This woman was a Canaanite, and the Canaanites were an idolatrous people that were Israel's ancient enemies. They did not believe in God. They did not follow his laws. And When the people of Israel entered into the promised land, they were supposed to wipe them out because of their idol worship and their refusal to follow after God. And a Canaanite would certainly have no claim on God when compared to a Jew. But this woman is rather unique. She crashed the party. It would be like us crashing a private party and going up to the guest of honor and asking him if he has jumper cables so that you could start your car. This is what was happening. It was inconvenient. It was inappropriate. But she was desperate. And so she fell at his feet and bagged him. This was an act of worship and surrender. And she also approached him with a profession of faith. In Matthew's account, the woman says, Lord, son of David, have mercy on me. My daughter is suffering terribly. She calls him Lord. She recognizes, acknowledges his divinity, Lord. She also calls him son of David. This term was reserved for only the Messiah, son of David, Savior of Israel. And with this address, she makes a request. She begs, have mercy on me, O Lord, son of David. She's reaching out for help for her daughter. She didn't ask for something for herself. She was interceding for her little girl. Her daughter is horribly oppressed and afflicted by a demon. When we look at the story, we think, what a helpless, hopeless situation. You know, when your child has a cold, there's things that you can do. We've all got some sort of homemade remedy that we've come up with. This soup or this meal or this medicine. Or if things get bad, you can take them to the doctor. You can make them rest or feed them foods. To help them heal. But what do you do with demon possession? Can you even do anything? And in this woman's term, she goes to the only person that she has heard can help. Jesus. Matthew records what happens next. He says, but he did not answer her a word. Can you imagine going up to Jesus and Making your request known. Oh, maybe I'm the only person that's ever been there. You feel like you're praying and praying and, hello, God, you still there? Can I hear you? Can I hear you, God, just one second? I just want to hear your voice. Are you even there? Matthew, he, he writes that Jesus at first did not answer her a word. The Lord hears this lady begging for help, but he doesn't do a thing. She pleads for her daughter, her pride and her joy to the only one that can help, and he doesn't say a thing. He doesn't even say a word to acknowledge what she said. He is silent. How would you respond in her place? Would you yell in anger and get upset and stomp out of the room in frustration, stomp from where you are and turn around, go home? Would you grab his robe and continue to plead with him? If you could just persuade him. The woman keeps begging Christ to help her daughter. She is making a scene and won't stop crying out. She does it so much that the disciples, they beg Jesus to do something. Oh, they say, send her away. Do something, Jesus. She's driving us crazy. The ushers are at the door waiting to take her out. She's disrupted the service. She's disrupted the routine. The agenda's gone out the window. And now we've got this lady that won't stop crying out to Jesus. She fought through the crowd and fell at his feet and offered a legitimate request. But I think there's no way she could have been prepared for the harsh response the Lord gave her. Jesus, he responds with these words, I was sent only to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. I I didn't come for you. He essentially says, no, I, I came to help and save God's covenant people. I only came to save those of Israel. What crushing words. Hearing no is never an easy thing, especially when it comes to God. And with most people, that would just stop them up in their tracks. If God told you that he didn't come for you, if God told you no, what do you do next? Where do you go? If he was your only hope, if he was your only thing that could change the course of what's happening in your life, what do you do? You know, most would walk away. But this woman is desperate for a miracle. She responds... To the Lord's statement with a sharp reply. And I I, I admire this woman, not only for what she said, but how quickly she, she took the statement of what Jesus had said and turned it into a profession of faith. She is persistent. She comes and kneels before Jesus. Her faith and trust in Him does not seem to waver. And here, she begins to worship. She comes to the Lord's feet, and through her worship, through her tears... She begs again, Lord, help me. I know, I know you said no. I know you said that you didn't come for me. Lord, help me. She doesn't try to bribe him. She asks on the basis of his goodness and mercy. God, you're good. God, you're merciful. Lord, help me. But he sticks to his answer and uses an imagery to help prove his point. He says this, he says it is not right to take the children's bread and throw it to the dogs. Can you imagine? He referred to her as a dog. Now, how would you feel if you were called or referred to as a dog? If God, telling you he didn't come for you, didn't turn you away, certainly being referred to as a dog would. A dog. There's no way to escape the fact that comparing someone to a dog is an insult. As amazing as they are, telling someone that they are like them is not a compliment. We have a dog, Coco. He's a ferocious animal. A beast of sorts in his own right all five pounds of fury there's no way to escape the fact that comparing someone to a dog is an insult but what I have noticed is that nothing will deter him nothing he will not be denied he will not be insulted He's not too proud to beg. In fact, he begs all the time. Whenever you're eating a meal, you can count on the fact that Coco is going to be there. Always nearby looking just to snatch up any crumbs with those big eyes. I'm starving. Can't you just give me a few crumbs off your table? And when we give him a little morsel, he is so excited that he... And grateful he heads to his bed to go and enjoy the feast of crumbs. You can yell at a dog, you can spank a dog, you can be downright mean, and I don't encourage any of that. but when you sit down at the table, the dog will be by your side looking for just the crumbs. Evangelist Landon Gore, he said, "You cannot offend him. You cannot offend a dog out of his hunger. You can't offend." A dog out of his hunger. And so we see in this story as we progress that you cannot offend this woman out of her hunger. You cannot offend her out of her miracle. Nothing is being put off to her. You can call me whatever you want. You can say that you didn't come for me. You can call me a dog. But my little girl at home still needs a miracle. And you're the only one that can do miracles. Jesus is right. Yes. Lord, you're right. The dog does not have the same place as the child. Of course, the child gets to sit at the table. At dinner, the dog doesn't sit at the table and have the juicy grilled steak while the child sits on the floor and eats mystery meat. The dog would love to sit at the table but it's content with just the scraps that fall. She has already been shot down by the master, but out of her hunger for a miracle, she persists. I'm not going away. I'm not going anywhere. It seems quite evident that her daughter will not get better. She will not get the help that she needs unless, unless Jesus And now at some point, my imagination kicks in, and I see Peter and John high-fiving each other, saying, whoo, burn, did you hear that? Jesus just called her a dog. But I believe the Lord said these words with a twinkle in his eye. with sort of a tongue-in-cheek. I believe he was testing her, and because Christ knows all things, I believe he knew that she would pass the test with flying colors. Her faith does not waver, and she responds with an imagery of her own. She replies, yes, Lord. You may call me a dog. Yet even the dogs eat the crumbs. Oh, hear me now. Even the dogs eat the crumbs that fall from the master's table. What she is saying is this. Yes, you are right. I may be a dog begging you for a miracle. You come with a banquet of blessing for your people. Miracles on miracles. Banquet of healing. You come to your children's service after service and fill them to the brim. To your sons and to your daughters with a banquet of mercy and grace that is spread out before them. And a banquet of your spirit. But they aren't eating everything. They've gotten used to your miracles and your mercy. And your glory. They've gotten used to your spirit being there every service. They can afford to not eat everything. Every Sunday and every conference. They think, I'll get what I need the next service. The next Sunday. The next conference. The next time Jesus passes through, I'm going to be here again. Oh, Lord, I was just here this morning. Thank you so much for speaking to me. Now I can sit back tonight, and I've had my fill. I'm full, Lord. I'm full. They've seen your banquet of blessings so many times. They are used to it and are quick to push themselves away from the table. All I need is what someone else has discarded all I need is what someone else has wasted just the crumbs Lord if that's all that I can get from you just just the crumbs will do Just let me be close to what you're doing and I'll I'll just take the crumbs as you're passing through the crowd, healing your people here right now. I'll just slip through and if I can just get a little bit, if I can just get a touch of what you're doing, I know that my daughter is going to be okay. I need a miracle. She won't give up. She doesn't argue with what Jesus says or try to prove to him why he should help. Instead, the woman believes in Jesus' mission to Israel's lost sheep. But she also believes in God's abundance, which also provides the crumbs. Do you think Jesus was amazed that she responded the way that she did? See, I think he was setting up his audience to see the full magnitude of what he was about to do. I think he was using this woman to show his audience, his message is not limited to a certain people, a certain type, a certain class, but that it was going to be for all. He says, O woman, great is your faith. Be it done for you as you desire. And her daughter, the Bible tells us, was healed. You see... There has never been a portion problem with God. Only a partaker problem. We can get used to what God is doing that we are no longer moved when somebody is filled with the Holy Ghost for the first time. We can get so used to what God is doing that when Brother Hanscom comes up and delivers the address for missions and tells us around the world the individuals that have been baptized in his name receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost in Jesus' name, that we remain unstirred when someone is baptized in that precious name. You see, a person for the first time can walk into the same atmosphere, never been here before, who has never felt or experienced God before, and their life is changed by just a portion of his presence. We can say, I don't know how they responded the way that they did. You know, the music wasn't even that good. The preaching wasn't even that good. I've heard better. But in the meanwhile, God was passing out His portion to whoever would partake. And someone that needed it more pressed their way through to Jesus and said, Lord, I'll just, I'll just take whatever falls to the ground. I'll push past the people that are used to being around Jesus and call out to him until he hears my cry. Just the crumbs, Lord. She was persistent despite the constant rejection that she faced. She continued to approach him in faith and clung to the Lord's mercy and goodness. She never pointed to herself and the things that she did or could do. She didn't try to barter with a gift or a promise. She had absolutely nothing to give or offer. She had nothing. But what about us? Have we gotten used to feeling God, hearing from God, seeing God's grace and mercy at work? Do we base our requests on who we are or on what we have done? Do we try to go to God and ask him to help us by saying things like, if you help me, I'll, I'll go to church every week. Lord, I'll, if you do this, I promise I will never do that again. But in times of trial and trouble, do we lose heart and faith in God? Do we hang on to his promises and word or do we cast them aside and look elsewhere for hope and comfort? The reality is that this life and world reveals that we are truly beggars before God. We have nothing to offer. We have nothing to give Him. We only have sin and brokenness. We are poor and pitiful and helpless, clothed in mercy and clothed in sin and misery. We are part of a people that the Bible refers to as such were some of you. We come to God as partakers and He comes to us with portion. Christ came to a people that he had to tell, you have not because you ask not. There is no portion problem with God. He isn't running out of blessings. He isn't running out of miracles. He isn't running out of healings. Our God is good and merciful. Hallelujah. Our God, he clothes us in Christ's righteousness through the baptismal waters that make us His children. We have no right of our own. And through faith in Him, we have a spot at His table because He's invited us. He's made us part of His family where we are fed with blessings that we can't even imagine. We are a sheep that He rescues and cares for. We are His sons and daughters. And as His people, as His children, we approach Him We don't need to bring anything. He has done it all for us through his life, death, and resurrection. Our God, he hears our prayers, our petitions, and our pleas. He hears the the prayers that are offered up in his name, and he will answer them in his own way and time. In trials and troubles, he holds on to us with his mercy and love. We are beggars before God, and that is absolutely okay with me as long as he is my portion. If I can have the music come back at this time. Hallelujah, Jesus. Can we just take a moment and praise him right now? God, we thank you, Jesus, for your word. God, we thank you, Lord, for everything that you've done. God, for everything that you've been to us. God, you've proved yourself as our provider. God, you've proved yourself as our savior. As our shepherd who guides us and leads us and never leads us wrong. Hallelujah. Jesus taught us in Matthew chapter 7, verse 7, and I find this so interesting that this is what he was teaching right before this woman comes. Matthew chapter 7, verse 7, it says, Ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and it will be opened to you. It's almost as if. Christ knew everything and he knew that this woman was going to be passing by his way. Later on this chapter we've read about her, we've read about this account. But this verse where he speaks denotes continuous action, continuous. He literally says ask and keep on asking, seek and keep on seeking, knock and keep on knocking. Have you been praying for something that you haven't received an answer for yet? Ask. Seek. Knock. Don't stop asking. If we can stand all across this place. Genesis chapter 32, Jacob was facing a dangerous encounter with his brother Esau. He was afraid. Esau had brought 400 of his best soldiers. Jacob had tricked Esau of his birthright and blessing, and Esau had been chasing him for years. That night, Jacob cried out to God, Lord, save me from the hand of my brother. Later that night, he met an angel, and he wrestled with the angel all night. It's a picture of persistent praying near morning, Jacob had the angel in a headlock. (laughs) Because the angel said, okay, let me go. And Jacob said, I won't let you go unless you bless me. God answered the prayer and changed his name from Jacob, the grabber, the heel grabber to Israel, which means one who struggles with God. Jacob teaches us a great lesson about persistent prayer. Isn't it incredible that God was teaching a lesson to His people that had struggled with God from generation to generation. They were still struggling with God. And sometimes we just need to hold onto God tenaciously until we receive an answer. Don't let go of God until He blesses you. This Gentile woman, she didn't give up. Insults couldn't quench her desire for a miracle. In 1707, Isaac Watts, he wrote a great hymn, Alas, and did my Savior bleed. And some might cringe when they get to the portion of the song that sings about us. The first line says, Alas, and did my Savior bleed, and did my Sovereign die. Would he devote that sacred head for such a worm as I? In some hymnals over the years, since 1707, that got translated into sinners, for such sinners such as I. And then later on in years, even further down, some hymnals had considered that to be too offensive and it sanitized it to would he devote that sacred head for someone such as I but the fact remains is that we only get our portion from God when we are not ashamed to be partakers of God and sit at his table and recognize why we need him I have learned three things about faith first of all first, without faith it is impossible to please God secondly god always rewards our faith you were talking about this god rewards faithfulness thirdly god always tests our faith he was testing the faith of this woman when he made the statement about the children and the dogs the problem is we don't always recognize when god is testing us most of the time the tests are disguised as trouble trials adversity the apostle peter he wrote these words these trials will show that your faith is genuine. It is being tested as fire tests and purifies gold through your faith, though your faith is far more precious than mere gold. How we act determines our reputation, but how we react reveals our character. And the way that this woman reacts to an apparent assault reveals her character. Are you in the middle of some kind of trial right now that you need God to answer? Martin Luther, he wrote some very deep theological truths, incredible truths. But as he neared death, his writings more and more honed in. And he suffered from poor health for 10 years before he died at the age of 62. His last recorded writing before he died is an interesting reflection on this very passage. He wrote this. He said, we are all beggars at God's table. We are not worthy to gather up the crumbs under that table. But nonetheless, God invites us to come and eat the morsels of the bread of heaven and drink from the cup of salvation. When we beg, God cannot help but take notice. The only problem is that we are too proud to beg. Maybe we should be as bold to ask, can I have your scraps? That was the writing of Martin Luther keep on praying keep on trusting keep on believing don't be too proud to ask God for what you need and he will reward your faith what is it that you need from Jesus what is it that's making you press your way through the rest of the people that need something okay God we had this morning we've already had enough of Jesus we've seen him before we can see we've seen what he can do the miracles the healings the life changes but there may be someone here tonight that has heard about this jesus and has never experienced him before or has never experienced his miracle working power a person who will push past the people who can afford to wait another time to get what they need another sunday another conference another time oh just to get the crumbs that are left behind at this halter. That's what we're here for. Thank you for joining us today. If you want more information, connect with us on our website at missionpoint.ca. God bless you.